Well, good morning, church. Would you stand to your feet? Come on. Let's put our hands together and worship today.
perfect one. There's nothing we can do that can keep you away from your love for us. And whatever mess we find ourselves in, Lord, you are the sustainer, you're the healer, you are our, you are the mess cleaner upper. God, we submit ourselves to you. ourselves clean you call us yours before we find ourselves sanctified you call us loved and chosen God you are the lover of our souls Lord in whatever state they're in and we're thankful for it and we honor you for it God draw us closer to you we thank you for your presence we feel in this room we thank you we're thankful for your presence we feel in our day-to-day -day lives Lord we love you Jesus we don't deserve your grace and yet you willingly, graciously give it to us, God. We're thankful for it. It's in your name we pray. Amen and hallelujah. Well, it's so good to see you all this morning. Thank you so much for worshiping with us. We just want to give you a chance to meet those around you. Take a second, meet somebody new, and you can make your way back to your seats. Well, good morning, church family. So good to be with you on this beautiful spring day. We're so excited that you have come to worship with us. If you are new to the church this morning, in front of you in the seat, there is what we call a connect card. And we'd love to have an opportunity for you to fill that up and place that in the offering bucket. And just a few minutes when that's passed, it's just uh, our way. We want to connect with you and let you know everything that's happening here at the church. If you've attended the church for a while and you haven't had a chance to go through Grow Track, Grow Track 201 is next Sunday. We'd love to see you there and get you plugged into all that God is doing. Well, if you are single and you're over the age of 30, Single Vision is hosting an incredible outreach event this Friday night at 7 o'clock. We'd love to have you come out. It's going to be in our hospitality room. Pastor Ron will be speaking. So if you know someone that this would just be a benefit to, we'd love to have them come and be a part. It is absolutely free. We just need you to register online, theassembly.org slash singlesdinner, and we're just going to have a great time this Friday night at 7 o'clock. Man, this last weekend was just an incredible weekend. Had the opportunity to, to just serve with the Dream Team as we were going to do an appreciation for first responders. And so I'd like to just take a moment to say thank you to all that team that cooked. If you guys would just stand up real quick, let us welcome you. So we had several people. We had John, we had Dickie, we had Carl, 
And then, of course, Mark and Carrie Saladiner. If you've ever had any of his barbecue, you will know that they were in for a treat. So um, we cooked, started at 7 o'clock, and just had a great time. Thank you guys so much. Uh, they not only invested their time, but they invested money to make this event just an awesome experience. We went to the police department. We went to seven different fire stations around the city and made sure that we hit every fire station here in the police department. And so we served over 250 pounds of meat, almost 100 pounds of sides. I mean, it was just an incredible day um, as we told them thank you. And this morning, we have the privilege of having some of those first responders in our service. I'd like to recognize this morning Chief Jeremy Moore. He is the fire chief for Broken Arrow. If you would stand and let us recognize you. Chief Moore oversees over 170 firefighters. His wife, Amanda, his beautiful daughter, Bella, is here with us this morning, and we just want to say thank you. This morning, we would like to recognize all of those who are first responders. If you are in this room, if you would make your way down to the front, if you are a first responder, we want to say thank you. Please get out of your seats. Firefighters, EMT, police officers, state troopers. Man, we are so thankful for this group of people. We actually have Station 5 here. They're just down the street. They've come this morning. Let's all remain standing in honor of those that are here, and we want to pray for them. We're so grateful for people that will run in when the rest of us want to be running out to sacrifice the way they do, to put themselves in emergency situations just to try and help other people. No community, no community can have strength without these kind of people. And so I want you to just close your eyes and let's go into an attitude of prayer. And we just want to say thank you, Jesus, for these first responders. We want to thank you for this community that has provided such care and leadership by our firemen, our policemen, our paramedics. Thank you, Lord, for their willingness to put themselves on the line, their commitment, the commitment on behalf of their family. Lord God, today is a day to express to them that we are grateful and that we don't take for granted who they are and what they do. And Lord, our highest affirmation of them is to bring them before you in prayer today and every day. So we do that, asking you to bless them, protect them, provide for them. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the community that we get to live in. We're living in a culture and a time where there are so many challenges. And we have these people to step up in times of trouble, in times of emergency, in the way that they do and we just pray a prayer of gratitude to you for them we do pray for their families and we pray peace into their homes Lord God just surround them and be with them as they do their job in serving this community we honor them today we thank you for each one of them in Jesus name and everyone said amen, amen. come on one more time with passion let them know that we love you, we thank you, we honor you today. Amen. Thank you, guys.
As these men and women make their way to their seats, thank you so much. You all may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Justin, for coordinating the effort of the weekend. It was phenomenal to watch this happen, to watch the effort that was made. And uh, let's just let it be an attitude of gratitude toward them every day. And now we want you to join the team that is going to help make Easter happen. Pastor Justin has set it up. Tell us the three ways we can make Easter happen here at the assembly. Absolutely. You'll have an opportunity to give in just a few minutes as you support the cause. And we want you to sign up to be a part of our dream team as we facilitate this event. It's just going to be an incredible day to be a part of that. And then we want you to invite your family, your friends um, to be a part of this event. It's such a great opportunity to connect with the community uh, on this day. And so we want you to just take a couple of those steps and join with us uh, on Saturday the 15th. Thank you so much for the opportunity that we now have to give above our normal tithe. It's an offering to neighbors and nations, and it will help us do this one-day carnival that's it's the largest outreach, the most expensive outreach that we do. So we need everybody. We need your help. It's going to be a great time for you and your family, and then you can set aside an hour or two to just take a place to serve. And we need like hundreds of you to join the dream team, but we need all of us to participate in the financial responsibility so that we can just put smiles on so many faces on that day. Uh, this week, one of our families, they were in a, a grocery store. They were paying or they were in line to pay for their groceries and the person in front of them turned and said, I would like to get, uh, I want to pay for everything they have here. And this family goes, wow, that is amazing. Do you know our church is doing this initiative of just doing things that make people happy. You've really blessed us today. And that guy said, uh, we must go to the same church. That's an amazing story. Come on. That's what it's all about. So, what a great church. There, there's nothing like serving Jesus by serving people. Help us today, all right? When, when that day happens, your giving today helps make the day a great success. So, be generous, please, and be generous with your time as the ushers come. Pastor Justin, pray over this time of giving. Absolutely. God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunities that you've given us to partner with you and your kingdom. God, we pray right now as we just plan for this day, God, as we just continue uh, to make that event the best that it can be, God, that you would continue to give us favor. God, that you would help those families come and see your love through us. God, we thank you once again as we just have opportunities to serve you here in this community. And God, we pray that you would just take this giving, God, that you would bless it above what we can even think or imagine. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
we ask you that are getting connected into the church and want to be part of the vision to run the growth track. Four weeks where you get connected to vision and values, sense of direction. And we recognize people who go through that four-week growth track. And these are people saying, we are planted in this church. It's not just a church or that church. It's our church now. And would you help me honor those that we're recognizing today as the newest members of the assembly. They've just completed growth track. Would you stand, everybody? They're right over here to my right. Come on, let's celebrate these people. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, stand, everyone. This is awesome. Church is growing. Amen. Praise God, you can be seated and we are honored that the Lord has led you to be a dynamic part of the assembly. We welcome you. When Bob Goff was leaving last Sunday, he, he pulled me aside. He said, I want to tell you something of the, all the years I've been coming here. He said, I've loved every time. But he said, something is happening that is different than I've ever seen it or sensed it. And so a person who's in a church every week and he just says, this is unique and dynamic. And I so agree with him. It's a great season that we are in. And we see it in the growth that is happening. Uh, well over 30 people represented by family members. Great things. Air Jordan, come up here and see me for a minute. This is one of my newest friends. She's been coming since night to shine. And in our special needs ministry. And I, I just have to brag on her. She was in the Special Olympics a couple weeks ago, and she participated on a three on, in a three-on-three three basketball tournament. She was the only girl on her team. She, in her game, scored 30 points. She, yeah. She made 10 three-pointers. This is an awesome young lady. Do you love the assembly? You love coming to church here? Yes, I do. Do you like the night to shine? Yes. Do you like our special needs ministry? Yes, I do. What are your next most, are, is there a set of Jordans that have just come out? Isn't there a new pair of Jordans that just came out? I think there is. Because I saw them and these people were lining up to get them. They had special ordered them. So here's what we want to tell you. You're getting a pair of the newest Jordans because you're awesome and we love you. Everybody, this is Air Jordan. Love you. Come on, let's show her how much we love her, all of our special needs friends. Love you, you're awesome. Yes, this is Jordan, everybody. You can be seated. In our Easter carnival, we have a, a whole new division of special needs opportunities that we're going to be offering. Just see the details. It's going to be great. This Sunday, next Sunday, Easter Sunday, our prime time to ask people to come be with you. Invite them. And uh, it's just proven that you give people an invitation around this time of year to church, and they will say yes. So... Come be with us. Susie, 
I love you. I love every one of you, your energy, your passion to lead us in worship. Susie's mom is right back here. Would you stand? This is Susie's mother right here. Yeah. Love all of you. Thank you so much. God bless you. You guys can be dismissed today. We're talking about how who Jesus is can change who we are. This is the statement. I'll put it on the screen for you. It's just that simple. We see him as the one who brings life change. So we're talking about who he is. There are some names he has been given that at first mention, you may wonder how it transfers to uh, the kind of practical, powerful transformation that you can receive in your life. And I want to just take those and unpack them over the next three weeks. One is he is the Alpha and the Omega. The next, he is the Lion and the Lamb. I've been watching as we have sung the song Lion and the Lamb. It has resonated, but I wonder if we know what it means. Like, really. The song has captured it, but it comes right out of Revelation. And when you see the experience that John had as looking for the one who was worthy. And it was the lion, it's called of the tribe of Judah. And when he turned to see him, he saw a lamb. And when you see Jesus as victory and forgiveness, it can change who you are. And then on Easter Sunday, he is the king of kings. I can't wait to get to this day with you. Just invite people. Let's come and open up God's word. We are Bible people. We believe in Jesus. We're not ashamed of that. We believe in the Bible. We're grateful for it. We're trying to align our lives to it. And so this entire space is given to worship Jesus, to talk about Jesus, and invite him to change us. Revelation chapter 1, that's where we start today. You can go to that passage and see it for yourself. I highly recommend it. It's here on the screen, but seeing it and uh, taking note of it so that you can keep it and process it will be way more helpful than just what you see on this screen. Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come the Almighty One. So what John is saying is that your origin is in Him. You are created by Him. There isn't any other uh, story that has merit. Our beginning starts with the, um, the Alpha. It is God. He is the first, but then He's also the last. He is the Omega. He's beginning and the end. Everything started with God, and all of history is rushing to him. If I'm trying to get some uh, strategy to deal with human suffering, because when John was writing to people, there was a lot of suffering. He said, you can't make yourself the reference point. You have to make him the reference point. You'll never find context if you make yourself the reference point. Because you're not enough to bring the change you're looking for. There's only one who can do that, and that is the Lord. That is Jesus Christ, the Alpha. And then everything is rushing to him as the Omega. So Jesus is not a means to an end. 
I do not love Jesus today so that I could have a more comfortable life, a prosperous life, a better life, a great life, a successful life. All of those things are highly possible, but that's using Jesus as a means to an end of my own pursuit and my own opinions and my own value system. No, I have Jesus today for Jesus. Jesus is the means and he is the end. Come on, if you believe that, celebrate it with me. In this culture, it is just so easy to start with ourselves. Here's what I want. You know, I want the abundant life. I do want my best life. I want to be at my best. And it is very true that Jesus is the one who positions you to be at your best and to fulfill the destiny for which you were created. But using Jesus as a means to just have my destiny is not the reason I'm in this. Using Jesus as a means to that abundant life. That's not why I'm in it. I have Jesus for Jesus. And what comes along with it is a life that is meaningful. A life of fulfillment. So he is the reference point. If he's the beginning, the alpha. And he's the end, the omega. And he's the middle. He's the one I look to today. With whatever I'm going through, I don't start with how I see myself and my ability to navigate. I start with him. John was writing to people who were suffering and being persecuted. And he was using Jesus as the reference point that would help them get a clue in dealing with their suffering. He also writes this to show if you're dealing with shame, he's the reference point. Think about your worst moment. Bring it into your mind. Remember where you were. What was happening. And you were in the deep down dark. Your actions had caused your life to spiral to a dark place. And just capture in your mind like a photo. It's probably there captured in your worst moment. When you come into the worst moment, you have to have a reference point. So these guys, they're called scribes, teachers of the law, had worked in such a way as to catch this woman in the act of adultery. They drag her to Jesus. John is also the one who tells this story. This is not in Revelation. This is back in what's called the book of John, chapter 8. And these people, they drag this woman to Jesus. She is captured in her worst moment. The reason being, not only because of her lifestyle, but the code of the day, the reference point of the day, which was the law, said she would be killed by stoning. And, and just so that we're clear, because young people are here, I don't mean she would smoke weed until she died. I mean, like, these people are going to pick up rocks, and they are going to hurl them in her direction. And it's brutality. It is uh, a lack of compassion uh, that humanity rarely saw, and yet it was the reference point 
they come and throw her at the feet of Jesus, having captured her in her worst moment. Yes, the worst moment, because now she not only has committed these actions, but she's going to die. And they say, the law says, reference point, that we should stone her. What do you say? And it's interesting, at first, he doesn't say anything. He just gets on his knees where he can get focused on her. And there was a lot of communication because countenance communicates. I was raised by a father who could communicate with his countenance. Like I knew when I should not ask another time. Dad, can I do this? No. That it finally reached a point where he could just give me a look, and I'm like, got it, got it. Uh, countenance communicates, and I, I know that when Jesus knelt down, his countenance was saying so much, and I believe it was saying to her, she would live to discover this, but like, you're hearing all this, and you've been captured in your worst moment, and you think that this is the finish line. Just look at me. I'm saying to you, there's a new reference point, and what looks to be your finish line is going to be a starting line because grace is about to change your life. The reason I would encourage you to invite people in the coming weeks is because after Easter, I've written this series, and it's a strategic plan of how to experience a fresh start. It is going to be so helpful, and I want as many people who need a fresh start to hear it, to walk it out. We will go on this journey together with all who need a fresh start. When you're captured in your worst moment, you will think things like, it's over, no coming back from this, Uh, I've gone too far, I've done too much. This is it. It's a finish line. But when you think that way, you've made your opinion, you've adopted some kind of value system, and you're using it as the reference point to define who you are, to define what you have done, and define what it means. Jesus, as the Alpha and the Omega, he becomes the reference point, and because of who he is and what he's done, there is all the grace for our finish lines to become starting lines because grace is amazing and it saves a wretch like me and like you. It gives us a fresh start. Come on and celebrate that because maybe you know what it's like to have God meet you in your worst moment. Your worst moment. So at the end of this story, John chapter 8, look what it says. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Now, you, you've probably read this or heard the story. As Jesus was there ministering to this lady, and his energy and effort was to express grace and help her, they kept pressing the issue, and the Bible says he stood up. And in the Greek, it gives the picture that he stood up, and before he was even saying anything, he was communicating as if to say, I've had enough. And he looked and he said, no, let the person who is without sin cast the first stone. And we know that Jesus knelt back down and began to write 
in the, in the sand. I don't know what he wrote. I just know that one by one, the bystanders dropped their stones until Jesus says, hey, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Looking around and from the people who caught her in her worst moment. Who came and exposed all of her shame. To everyone else who wanted to gather in in their judgment. They all one by one left the scene. And then notice then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Key phrase, key sentence, go, there's your future. Go now and leave your life of sin. Starting line. But I want to spend some time here. Because what Jesus is saying, leave your life of sin. He's saying grace has met you. You've learned now, I'm the reference point. Your actions, who you are, your nature, it is not the reference point. I'm the reference point. I have the authority. Now, I'm going to reside in you, giving you the authority to live differently than you've been living. You've encountered me today, and an encounter with Jesus will change you. An experience of grace, you go from darkness to light. That's... that's, what the Bible says, and then we get all these different stories that show us people from a prodigal son to a leper to a demon-possessed woman. You go one story after the other, and they were this, but now they're that. Converted, saved, changed. But now there's the responsibility, and here's what I want to talk about in the remainder of this message, to protect The progress. Two weeks ago, I talked to the men on a Friday night, and I used Nehemiah as the text, and he said to all of those building the wall, look, the enemy is attacking, so here's our strategy. And he taught them to have a tool in one hand so they they could keep building, and a weapon in the other so they could defend what they were building. And Nehemiah is being led of God. And he's saying, look, what God's doing in your life is precious. Now protect it. I want to spend time not just on grace that can come to you in your worst moment and express the power to forgive you. I want to talk about going from that moment and protecting the change that God has brought in your life. Let's protect the progress. Hey, let's be better by the time next Sunday comes. Let's be stronger. Let's not repeat the habits of the old life. How do I do that? I think what's loaded up in this this challenge of, look, I don't condemn you. I don't condone the way you've been living. I change you. Now go and you live differently. Gives us the opportunity to just make sure that we've got a workable lead on protecting the progress. Are you ready? You may want to take note of these. Put these in your phone. Uh, Write them down somewhere. Here's the one one I'd start with. Watch who you're with. If this lady is going to protect the change of forgiveness and grace in her life, she's going to have to 
find some new people to be around. Because what's interesting, I don't know why these, these judgmental people of John 8 who caught her in the act of adultery, hello, if she's committing adultery, somebody else was there too. Why didn't they bring him? I don't know. I just know that that person had no self-respect. And because that person had no self-respect, that person couldn't respect this woman. And so that is not the kind of person that this woman could allow in her world if she's going to protect her progress. Watch who you're with. Bad behavior is contagious. But so is good behavior. Get people that are healthy for you. Get people that want the best for you. Get people that want to help you be captured in your best moments. Whoever the lady was with had no concern that it could cause her to be captured in her worst moment. Watch who you are with. And then secondly... Be very specific about the change that you need to make. This lady, we don't know what the pattern has been, but we know about this specific action. And so she would need to adjust her heart to a value system that said, I am not going to have sex with anybody that I'm not married to. Don't go away saying, I want to be a better person. No, in her situation... She needed to be specific. If, you have, if you're an alcoholic and God forgives you and he puts you on a path of freedom, you don't go away saying, I just want to be a better person. You go away saying, I am going to abstain from alcohol. So you get specific. And when you get specific, you can then measure how you're doing. You can measure how you're doing. Be specific about the change. Why? Because we are loophole exploiting people. We all are. We just, we will, if we get general, we will find an angle to justify bad behavior, even sinful behavior. By, we'll do it this way. Let's take going on a diet. I start a diet every Thursday. <laughs> then Bob Goff comes along and says, you need to, Quit things on Thursday. Is that the day you quit? The, yes. Well, I'm going to quit a diet every Thursday. So, so here's the deal. You, you start a diet, and you're doing well. And how many of you have had, been on a diet before you said, I want to have a cheat day? Anybody? Talk back. It'll be a shorter sermon if you get involved. How many of you have had a cheat day on your diet? Yeah, people never been on a diet before going, Yes! So, have a cheat day. And so we find an angle. I was on a diet one time. I was like, oh, I want that cheeseburger. I just, I needed a cheeseburger. I was craving a cheeseburger. So I went and got a cheeseburger. But I got water to drink. So I found a loophole. You know, it's an offset. I rationalized the cheeseburger. with. Now, I used to get the cheeseburger and a Diet Coke. But I found both of them will kill me. So now I can't offset with a Diet Coke. I used to order donuts with a Diet Coke. We will find a loophole. 
Have you ever, have you ever watched your mind do that? Like it will find an angle that can bring some justification to get you off of the path you're on and it, suddenly you won't be protecting the change that God is making in your life. So just get specific, like very specific. And when you do, you can then, here's number three, you can shape your environment for success. What I mean by that is deny yourself access where you can. Like, wouldn't you agree that the lady in John chapter 8, there's some people she should no longer be around. She's making specific change. And let me get number three up here on the screen so that you can see it. Now, there are probably some places she shouldn't go. I would say wherever those people found her, she doesn't need to go back there. She needs to shape her environment for success. If having a computer, if having a smartphone, if having an iPad gives you access to things that you don't have the self-control to avoid, then shape your environment for success. See, get specific about the change you want to make, then shape your environment to support you because willpower is a depletable like characteristic. You will get tired. You'll lose the energy. You'll lose the emotion of wanting to be transformed. And in the moment of temptation, when the temptation sets a fire inside of you, your success may be because you shaped your environment where you had no access. Shape your environment for success. I love Oreos. I've been very vulnerable with you in letting you know that. If they're in my house, I'm eating them. So what am I saying? If I don't want to eat them, it isn't about saying no. It's about don't allow them in my house. I'm shaping my environment for success. If you are breaking the addiction to alcohol, it's pretty obvious where you should not go. It's pretty obvious you don't want alcohol in your home. Right? Shape your environment for success. Listen, if I feel, uh, if you sense some passion in this or urgency, it is because we need to protect the change that has come into our lives by the grace of God. We can do this. We can participate. The authority is something I don't have. The power is something that comes from Jesus. But I get to participate to let his, his power be expressed by putting people in my life that are healthy for me, being specific about the change, then shaping my environment. You may not be able to shape every environment that you go into, but you can control the ones you can. Number four, I would say live and serve Jesus with passion. Like if there's been time you've been going and participating in this habit, this sin, this relate, whatever it is, you've got to fill that time with something. And I say have a cause. Do you realize that serving Jesus is a benefit to those you serve, but it probably is an even greater benefit to you because something happens when you serve 
Something happens to your morale. Something happens to your spirit. Something happens to your soul when you get occupied with a cause. I mean, sin is just me letting myself have its sinful way. Why don't I deny myself by throwing myself into a cause that's way more important than myself, which is serving Jesus and serve him until you are bone tired. Until when you lay your head on the pillow, you go to sleep because you've given everything you have in serving Jesus. You want to protect the change Get a cause that's greater than yourself and sell out to the cause. Serving with passion. Serving with passion. Now let me come back to this this reference point. He's the reference point. He's the power. He's the authority. He's alpha and he's omega. And he's also the middle. So there's a source of empowerment because when you look at someone who's been part of your life and you, you care about them, maybe you really like them or you love them, but you know they're unhealthy for you, you know you cannot live for Jesus if you have that evil association. And you have to say, we can't do this. I can't, maybe, I don't know if it's forever, but for an indefinite period of time, I've got to disconnect That's not easy to do. So it takes the grace and the power of Jesus. We're we're masters at at hiding behind a Sunday smile and not getting real. I think John 8 could be preached and you you don't even have to ever mention the woman caught in the act of adultery. Because really John 8 is about these teachers who are trying to corner the teacher... And it's so interesting, all of their their focus causes them to miss their hypocrisy that's just screaming off the page. It could be that when Jesus bent down and started writing, he may have been writing names and looking up going, remember her? Remember him? Like, you're talking about her, but hey, how about this person, you and... And then they just started dropping the rocks and walking away. Maybe we should come back to the reference point and let's get real. Let's be specific. Like, I need to change and then finish the sentence with authenticity. Don't broad stroke it. Be specific. Let Jesus help you do that. When you bring that into the light, victory begins to happen. He'll give you the power to shape your environment. He'll encourage you and empower you to serve Him. And because he's the reference point, this is the final point, failure is never final. Now, you've got to pay really close attention to this because I don't want this to be confusing. So let me start here. I believe that if you are addicted to anything, we could pray today 
And I believe there's power in Jesus to forgive you and set you free. And you would never have an appetite for what it is you're addicted to ever again. I believe that God can do that. And I've seen him do that for some people. I have seen a lot of people who have prayed the same specific prayer. And forgiveness came. And freedom came. However, as they move forward, the same craving and the same appetite they had for that vice that was in their life was as strong after salvation as it was before. And they fought with God's help that same besetting sin for years. And I want to talk to people who sincerely pray and you find yourself in your thoughts still tempted to go there with your actions still tempted to do that and maybe you have even fallen back into it if you study people who have an addiction and they ask God to forgive them and to set them free many of them as they move forward We'll call it, we'll slip up. They'll go off the reservation. Here's a great, great way to think about it. Why do I start a new diet every Thursday? Because I don't remain committed. Because sugar is powerful and it calls my name. Someone gets addicted to cocaine. Someone gets addicted to pornography. Addicted to alcohol. They've aligned their mind, their body. Everything about them has been aligned. And they have been led by that sin. They surrendered to it. And it had gained control. In the moment of sincere prayer, there's forgiveness. But now there's going to have to be very careful actions to protect that change because when you open your life to sin and then you ask God to forgive you he does but that the enemy Satan now has a target to shoot at and he's very specific in how he's going to try and bring you down if any of you fish these great bass boats today they have these radar these fish finders they'll tell you the depth They'll tell you what's going on around them, like the, you know, if they're up against, you know, the rocks or a grassy bed. And after seeing all of the conditions of the circumstance, you then can choose a bait that that fish is most likely to bite at that depth and in that context. And then you run that bait by that fish in just the way that fish likes it the most. And that fish will strike the bait not knowing there's a hook. Next thing, that fish is on the wall. Satan, according to Ephesians 6, he watches over you and me. And he sees the conditions. He sees the depth of, of challenge we have. He sees the workload we bear. He sees the stress level. He sees the sense of responsibility. He sees all. And he knows when 
to strike. He knows what to use that would most likely cause you and I to submit to it, to go for it. Knowing that, you can see how someone could end up striking, going, I did it again. I prayed about this. I'd done great for 30 days. Oh, I'd done so well for six months. And I blew it. I'd gone an entire year. And you will have these thoughts like, I can't do it. I'll never change. Look at me. I'm who I've always been. And all of that language is making you the reference point. You have to know, in those moments, Jesus is still the reference point. And when he saved you, it wasn't because of your actions that you had done or what you would do. He saved you based on his actions. He's the reference point. Solomon, the wisest man, he wrote, he says, a wise man will fall seven times. But here's the rest of the verse. But he gets back up. He gets back up. Some of you have tried to be a great husband. You mess it up again. You tried to be a great wife. You mess it up again. You've tried so hard to stay away from that. And you went back to it again. And you can sit there in your failure and be so frustrated with yourself. till you become hopeless that change can really happen. And you just kind of cope with it. Or you learn to accommodate it and rationalize it. Today, I want you to know that failure is not final. Hear that it's not final. If you've messed up, if you were doing well and you blew it, then come back with a heart of repentance and he will be faithful to forgive you, to cleanse you, to once again say, come on, we can do this. We can do this together. I know the plans that I have for you. There are plans not to harm you, but there are plans to prosper you. I have a plan for your life. We can use this. If you'll surrender this to me, we can use this to help other people submit and surrender and then live with me surrounding you. And you just work the plan that protects the change. You can do it. You can do it today. So we're about to pray and respond. And there's going to be two categories. One is for those captured in their worst moment. And it's like the picture's been taken. No filters. It's raw and it's ugly and you've been captured in your worst moment. And your thoughts are, it's over, it's final. No coming back from this. Today, Grace wants you to know it's not final. And it, the worst moment that looks like a finish line can become a starting line of a fresh opportunity. That's one category. The other category is... You were working the plan. You were doing so well. And you blew it. Come back. Come back to grace. And let's get focused. And let's get started again. Would you stand, everybody? With your eyes closed, let me pray. And when I say amen to this prayer, if you say, that's me. I'm in one of those two categories. When I say amen at the end of this prayer, I want you to hit the nearest aisle as fast as you can. I want you to come down here and we're going to experience the grace of God today. We're going to experience the power of the Holy Spirit today. We're going to experience the hope of God. Lord Jesus, 
There is a man here that when I say amen to this prayer, he needs to get to the nearest aisle and come forward. There's a lady here that needs at the amen of this prayer to get to the nearest aisle and come forward and submit to you. There's a young person that needs to submit. And Lord, I come against guilt and shame in the name of Jesus. I come against uh, any fatalistic thinking. I come against fear thinking. I come against doubt. I come against, Lord, hopelessness in your name. And I ask you to cause there to rise in the hearts of all the people who need to respond to know you're a good father, you're a loving father, and you're ready to forgive and empower people to go forward. You're here to empower them to have a whole new life and a fresh start. And we thank you for it. Lord, you're about to do miracles. You're about to do miracles out of your goodness, out of your grace, out of your power. Lord, if they've been in church once or a thousand times and they find themselves in this place of need, May this be a day where they find that in their worst moment, it became a starting line. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Come if you need to be here. Let's celebrate these people that are willing to be bold, willing to be courageous. That's it. Fresh start. Thank you, Jesus. You know exactly who you are. Come today. And I'm loved by you. who I am. Come on, sing it. If you need to be here, you come. Some of you know this struggle. You remember the day that you responded to the Lord. And you know the tension that's in this choice. You know the tension that is in this decision. See, we're not talking about just having a better day. We're talking about life and death. That's how significant sin is. The devil's playing for keeps. No one's ever addicted enough for Satan. No one's ever twisted enough. This is a battle of light and darkness. This is a battle of life and death. And I want to raise it to the level of seriousness that the Bible places it. Jesus has come that you might have life. Satan has come as a thief to not only rob from you, but to literally destroy you. It's more than a party. You are playing with fire. And you know it now. You see what it's costing you. You see its impact on you. And there's a tension right now about this choice. And I just want to remind you 
that if you submit to Jesus, you're going to find what you're looking for. You're just looking for it in the wrong places right now. That's the power of deception to make you think that going for what Satan has put in front of you would really be what you're looking for. And you're learning. You just come back with less of yourself. It costs you more for less in return. So surrender to Jesus. We're going to sing it one more time. And I just felt to give that final challenge. If you should come, you come as they sing it. And then we're going to all pray together. Come, let's sing. Good, good Father. You know who you are. Come today. We'll pray together. I'm loved by you. It's powerful. It's so powerful. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. You can just feel the victory being won. You can feel victory being won today. It's who you are. It's who I am. You are perfect in all of your ways. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You are perfect in all Lord, you are the reference point today. We are putting our eyes on you. And because of your perfect life and your perfect sacrifice, victory is now given to us over sin because of your life and your death and resurrection. Because of your actions, because you became sin for us, we can become the righteousness of God. Lord, it is your grace, and we are recipients of your sacrifice that was so complete that all of our sin can be washed away. So I pray for a thorough forgiveness. David said it like this, wash me, and I will be clean. I pray for the cleansing power of grace. I pray for the forgiveness that comes as we repent. I pray, Lord, that you would lift now the guilt and the shame and begin to orient our hearts to the future. Like you said to the lady, we will go now. And we're going to protect our progress. I pray for the choices that need to be made on behalf of each person at the altar. Give them grace for every decision that will align their life for success. I pray that you empower them 
to shape their environment for success. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're faithful and you're merciful and that your mercy endures and that your love never ceases and that failure is not final. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a fresh start today. We receive it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's praise the Lord for what he's done today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We'll let people visit around what God has done. I hope you have a great afternoon. I hope you'll invite somebody next Sunday. Be intentional about it, and let's watch what the Lord will do. God bless you, everyone. Have a great afternoon.